you guys. Welcome to the Strong Life Podcast with Kendra Jarrett. I am Kendra Jarrett. I'm actually also live in my private Facebook group, Team Strong Life, today, and I am recording. I was going to talk about gut health today, which is important. Um, I'm not a gut health expert. I'm not a hormone expert, but I am an expert in behavior around food. Um, this is something that is near and dear to me because I'm a person who eats food, who's on a fitness journey. And so because of that, I know exactly what people are experiencing. I have a lot of information from a lot of the people I work with about what they struggle with. And we've tried different strategies to be able to help people overcome some of the habits that are holding them back. Not only are they holding us back physically from our goals, they take a major mental toll on us in terms of, you know, feeling confident in our decisions, feeling confident in our ability, trusting ourselves. And a lot of times when people have had many rounds of trying to change body composition and don't follow through, you kind of go into it thinking, oh, this is bullshit. I'm not going to do it. And it's in the back of your mind. You don't believe you're going to do it yourself. And the moment one of these, you know, quote, bad habits kicks in, you're like, well, I'm a failure anyway, screw it. And now you're back to that self-sabotage. So I want to talk about night eating and unwanted snacking. <clears throat> um, man, night eating syndrome is a real thing. Okay. This is when somebody wakes up in the middle of the night to either have a snack or they might even do a full-on binge. Um, sleepwalking could be involved. It's, it's not something I can necessarily diagnose, but I can see it and people share that with me. And it is a struggle. Um, it's one of the most, I think, shameful habits that people have. They have a, I'm, I'm always so impressed. And so I feel so grateful when somebody tells me that because it's hard to admit that to somebody else, especially somebody else who you see is not having any issues, but I can tell you, um, this one has, I have struggled with over the years. Um, I can tell you exactly where it started. I had a cousin who used to, uh, stay with us. Not a lot, you know, in my mind, it was all the time, but it, it wasn't. Um, and she would always love to do a midnight snack and we would sneak downstairs and we would have a little treat and we'd go back up. And it just kind of like hit all the right places of me being a rebel, you know, <laughs> having other issues. And I associated that with fun and a good time. And it was always things we weren't supposed to have that we would make, you know, kind of so, and that was always in the middle of the night. As I got older, sometimes that would happen. And I would run into my father in the kitchen and I'm like, holy shit, this runs in the family. What? Like, this is a real thing, but Listen, look it up and understand it. Okay. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist, although I do have a psychology degree. And I think that probably helps me more than anything. And just being a person who understands how hard this can be. Um, so there's a difference between, you know, a full on binge, which is, uh, you know, and I've done that too, which is like, you know, 12 donuts. And some people go, oh, I binged. I was bad. And I'm like, well, what was it? And they're like, I had four crackers not a binge. But the thing is, it doesn't matter what I think it is. If you have this feeling inside of you that you have broken some code that you have created, or you have crossed some line that, you know, you've gone outside of your plan, whether it's 
12 cookies or four crackers we you you just start to you feel that and as women who have many of us if you're my age at 49 we've just been we've been freaking thinking about this and dealing with this for years for years and some of us our mothers introduced us to weight watchers when we were like not even double digits yet so for a lot of people there's a lot to unpack when it comes to food and it's very difficult you know uh as an online coach certainly in a you know app to be able to to really help somebody make a breakthrough. So I'm hoping if you're listening to this, you take this seriously, you get the help you need, and then you just kind of take some of these things to maybe at least feel not so crazy that whatever it is that you're dealing with along this line is a real thing. It's very difficult. I can validate that. I don't see a lot of like crazy success stories through the app just because I have limited exposure. Um, and my people who have binged in the past and they're trying to work with me to get over that, those are the ones who usually fizzle and fade into the sunset because it's very difficult and it's very, very painful for people to deal with this habit of repeat garbage behavior that you want to quit so badly that you don't. I have a very objective, this is where my, um, we're reading the book, Positive intelligence. And I have this one saboteur that lies to me and thinks that's not a saboteur. That is like, that is like, it's like hyperlogical. I can't remember the name of it. It's not, it's escaping me right now, but it's basically like, um, my logical brain kicks in and, um, I can see things as black and white. And one of the things that can do for me is help me avoid pain and then I just get real like objective and, you know, logical about this. So um, that's what, that is one of the upsides, that type of, you know, trait that I have and tendency is one of the things that helps me get over stuff like this, because I can just make a decision that this behavior is not serving me and doesn't make sense with my goals. So I'm not doing it anymore, period. And then that can help kind of pull me out of this, like, whoa, is me. This is like who I am. I'm never going to be able to stop. I'm just like, nope, it's just food. I don't need as much as I think I do. I never need as much as I want. And because of that, I'm just going to have to be uncomfortable at times when I want my night snack to kick in. I just, I can't because it doesn't make sense for me. And you can borrow that, by the way, you can borrow that very like hyper- you know, um, objective point of view to be able to help you with these things, right? Um, it's all about what you say to yourself. You know, I, I always think if your mind is going to play games, you might as well play some games that are working in your favor. You know what I'm saying? You're, I mean, right? Like at this point, it's like, well, that's not working. I wish it wasn't Dr. Phil, although I do like him who said like, how's that working for you? Because that's like the best, most logical, like it speaks to my soul. So. So many women struggle with night eating and just unwanted snacking, and it's really frustrating for them. They want just one more thing, um, you know, just one more thing after dinner. Like there's this interesting thing where you feel like the rebel in you kicks in and you just want one more thing. And that can be the thing that puts you from a caloric deficit into maintenance. And so somebody with a fat loss goal, this will drive them absolutely insane. Um, so why do we do this? And from the 
anecdotal evidence I have working with clients and the research I've done online, or I should say studying, one of the one of the things and triggers for unwanted snacking and night eating is, of course, not having enough food during the day. So when somebody enters a, uh, you know, a, a diet, right? I want to change my body composition. We're now in a caloric deficit. And for some people, just knowing that freaks them out. Tracking your food and seeing how many calories you have can really just set them off. So not enough food during the day can trigger that. Uh, unwanted snacking. You don't have a plan. That's the second thing. You just kind of woke up that day and you're like, I'm just not going to eat carbohydrates today or something crazy like that. You have no plan. You just know I'm just going to eat meats and fat. I'm going to eat olives and nuts. And, you know, I'll have a hard boiled egg. You don't have enough protein. You don't have enough calories to keep you satisfied. And you just literally don't have a plan. And so it builds and builds and that hunger builds through the day. You don't have a plan. There's no end in sight. You don't have any accountability and boom, next thing you know, you're snacking or you're waking up, um, you know, to have that like extra meal that you really should have just had during the day had you planned. Remember everybody, B-O-D-Y, everybody. Every single person has some caloric need. There's some amount of food that I, Kendra, can consume in one day that is going to help me maintain my body weight, help my brain function, help me feel satisfied. There's some amount of food where if I overeat, it will just store as body fat. And there's some amount of food that's way too low and I get drained and my energy isn't there and I get bingy and I get snacky and I get grumpy and I'm tired and I just want food. So I don't make the calorie rules. Your body does, your activity level does, your NEAT does, your non-exercise activity thermogenesis, whether or not you lift weights, how much muscle you have on your body, how tall you are, how much you move every day, probably already said that. So all of those things go into play. And there's some number, there's some amount of food that you need. And that's the sweet spot. And it's not hard for me to help people get there, by the way. Like that's not a hard number to find. And then from there, we can manipulate things based on your goals. If you have a fat loss goal, we drop your caloric intake down. You wanna build muscle. We may put you at maintenance or a slight calorie surplus. And so like, you don't have to just like, wake up every day and be like, I'm just going to eat as little as possible today, or I'm going to wait until noon. And I'm going to have this feeding window. Like I can help you. And a good coach can help you find that number, but you got to have a plan. Okay. A lot of people are just going in, just hoping that the scale goes down, eating as little carbohydrates as possible. And boom, you're triggered. You're definitely one other thing that can do it is not having enough water. This is water is a huge part of a fat loss goal. Water is like involved in every metabolic function in the body. So when somebody's like, why water? I'm like, why not? Like, that's the question you should be asking. There is another thing where you believe you shouldn't eat past a certain time, right? So a lot of people are like, I, you cannot eat past 6 p.m. Well, if you stay up until 10, you've got four hours and you're hungry. You've digested your food. And now, of course, you're like, you're hungry. Uh, energy has dropped. Maybe you've been cutting carbohydrates. Remember, carbohydrates do promote, help promote sleep. So I got in your what to do about it. We'll talk about that a little bit. But 
that whole idea of I, I can't eat past a certain time may be the thing that's setting you up for failure. Or you have, you know, you think um, I shouldn't have a snack. Oh, I'm always so snacky in the afternoon. Plan for a snack in the afternoon. For years, I used to think I couldn't, for some reason, probably you'll relate to this. I used to think I can't, I get so snacky in the afternoon. I got to wait till dinner. Well, now I just plan a snack. Apparently, I like to eat around 3.30. So I'm just going to plan a snack. You know, I don't have to beat myself up. Just plan a snack. Maybe I'll have a decaf with a little bit of protein in it, some kind of treat. I love to have food to look forward to and treats to look forward to. There's nothing wrong with that. You just have to plan. And if you have a snack planned, just go as long as you can. Don't, you know, like sometimes you, you're hungry and you still have an hour or so before your snack. See if you can wait, fill your, your belly with, with liquid and try not to be so, you know, hyper-focused on that snack, knowing that you have something planned. And that can be a real game changer for people. Like if you are a school teacher and you drive home at 2.30 and you get home and you eat everything in the cupboard, well, bring a protein shake with you, drink that on the way home. And that might help you kind of get over that, that unwanted snacking that you do where you open the cupboard, out come the chips, you lose track. You're now you're like halfway into the bag of chips and salsa. Nighting eating can also be associated with childhood as we've talked about sneaking food, all of those behaviors, you know, um, maybe you were, there were certain things you weren't allowed to have like my mother, <laughs> so you go over to Riley's and you did all the fluff and peanut butter. <laughs> That's where that came from. Shit. Like I started binging because I, my mom, you know, I didn't have anything in the house that was unhealthy and Riley Millet always had fluff and peanut butter. So I go over there and have that. Um, but uh, honestly, now my mother and I talk about it. She's like, Kendra, I didn't have that stuff in the house for me because I would have had a, all of it. So, you know, as children, we find our, you know, that's uh, oftentimes where food and comfort around food is, is developed. So just, you just have to think about that. Where does your night eating or binging or unwanting snacking come from? Because for a lot of us, if it is in conflict with your goal, especially with body composition, it really does affect us. And I know that people, I used to think it's like, oh, you don't want the goal bad enough. And that might be true, but I think a lot of people want the goal. They just want the snack more in the moment and you got to get over it. And that's where your like hyperlogical brain has to kick in, right? It's just food. It's just a little bit of hunger. That's just a sensation. It might be anxiety, loneliness, depression. And if you can just fill yourself with something else, it might not have been food that you wanted or hell it was because it tastes damn good. The other thing is it can be linked to depression, right? Like food gives us that nice serotonin hit and that's what we're looking for. Um, it can relieve us in the moment. It can get us through things. And nighttime might be that dark time that you're struggling to go to bed and you're just looking for something to feel good. And these are all things I just want you to know that are unfortunately normal. Not everyone has night eating issues. Not everyone who has these snacking tendencies has an, a syndrome. It's usually people who are, it, it is an impacting their normal like routine, it's impacting their relationships, you know, as women and, and probably men too. But when we're doing what we hate to ourselves, I know for me, what happens is I treat other people like shit. 
like the way I treat my husband has everything to do with whether or not I'm taking care of myself. And that is a fact. I know that that is something I've identified. And so for me, taking care of myself means I treat other people better. I can come to my team better. I can come to my clients better. I'm not so judgmental and hard on other people, but this is one, these snacks that hold people back where you don't feel like you have any control. You do. You really, really do. So what to do about it? <clears throat> Listen, this is, this is especially night eating syndrome is one of the harder ones for people to kick because it's usually been going on for years. I mean, I've had women who wake up and it's kind of like, they don't even know what happened. You know what I'm saying? They're like, oh my gosh, like what about, there are wrappers and food. So for a lot of people, number one, um, I say, change the scene, change your cupboards around. I just did this with an accountability group I'm working with. Just move things around, okay? If you're always going to the same cupboards over and over, it's like, there's that cupboard, get rid of shit. Your kids probably don't need it either. They can go to Riley Millet's <laughs> for their snacks. If it's not helping you, you're the leader. You're setting the tone. This is your home. You create the culture. So if it's if it's not helpful to you, it's probably not helpful to the kids. If it's junk, I get it. But like get some snack packs, put them somewhere you can't see them and just hands off for you. Change the scene. The second thing you could do is move your meal timing. So a lot of people have this idea that you can't eat past a certain time. And while that is ideal for body composition, it's ideal for digestion. If you got an hour or two before bed, if you are struggling, isn't it better to move your meal around and save yourself the binge? So I always say this, my whole entire objective with coaching is to avoid the binge because this is more common than people realize the bins or the fuckets or any of that. So we're going to change the scene. We're going to move the meal timing, have your dinner closer to bedtime. And remember, you're trying to save yourself. And by saving yourself, you show up for your family. So if this means you have to have a separate dinner or eat at a different time, you have got to do that. You've got to take control of this one, because if you start feeling like, you know, you're just like a victim and a slave to everyone around you that you serve in your family. This is not going to help you. And it's not going to get easier, by the way. So move your dinner, have a nice, clean, healthy dinner planned, planned. Okay. Don't just go into whatever and think smaller is better. If you have 14, 15, 1600 calories a day you're working with, you can plan a pretty nice dinner. You really can. A couple snacks during the day. Get that dinner in and make sure it has some carbohydrates in it, okay? And that's going to help you. So don't try to make this, you know, a bird food two or three, four hours before you go to bed. Move your meal timing. The other thing you can do is add a protein shake. Put that thing on your bedside, okay? So plan it, fit it into your macros but start moving some of your calories a little bit later so that you don't feel so deprived, so that you don't feel like there's nothing coming. A level one chocolate protein shake is a great thing to have with some water and ice and just put it by your bed. 
And if that's something you need or want to fill your belly before bed, cool, do it. Remember, we're trying to avoid the binge. And sometimes you have to make some sacrifices and try new strategies. And your focus is no longer, oh, weight loss, fat loss, weight loss, fat loss. It's, I got to work on these habits so that I can even get my mind right. Track your food so you can plan, okay? Whether you write it down on a piece of paper and you, you're just like, you can't really, you don't really want to see the calories or macros. I understand that. Um, we're doing everything we can to avoid the binge, to get you into a healthier place, to get your confidence up, to get your relationship with food improved. So track that food and plan. Another thing I really like to do is after dinner, I, I have created some really fun, warm beverages, some tea. I'll do some chocolate magnesium, maybe a little protein tea with some peppermint or a some sleepy time. And I literally say the kitchen is closed. I turn the lights out. I It's like a self-care thing. Treat it that way. This is a self-care opportunity. Go to therapy. That's another one. Get in there, talk to a therapist, talk about it. Do not remember what stays in the dark is what hurts us the most. You have to bring these things out to the light. Talk about it. Talk about it with your husband. Talk about it with your friends. Talk about it with me if I'm your coach. Like, talk about this. You have to, you know, you can't change what you don't acknowledge. And, you know, secrets make us sick. And this is one where people feel shame and guilt and embarrassed and all of those things. But you have to tell somebody, okay? It's not, there's, there's a reason this is happening. And there's a reason you keep doing this, even though you know it's kind of breaking your own heart. So that's what you want to, to deal with. Um, and I promise you, it can get better over time. It can get better over time. It might not be perfect, but it can get better over, to, over time. The next thing I wrote down is keep a journal of how you feel around your food when you eat. And I'm not just talking night. I'm talking starting today, when you, when you eat, sit down for a minute. This is a mindful eating practice. Write down if you're hungry, write down if you're tired, write down if you're lonely, write down if none of those things apply and start to realize that sometimes you eat when you're not hungry. Sometimes you feel lonely and you want to eat. Sometimes you, you overeat. So whatever it is, start to write a journal about why this is happening and how you feel around your food. Okay. When you go back and read that and you got to do the work, it will be eye-opening for you and you will have the opportunity to change those things, but you have to acknowledge what's happening, how you feel. Um, don't try to outrun this with cardio. I cannot say that enough. Do not try to outrun this with cardio. You will drive yourself into the ground and that is perpetuating the problem. If anything, go to the gym and lift heavy weights and start saying to yourself, shit, I'm going to use those calories to get stronger. I'm going to use those calories to build muscle. I'm going to use those calories to my advantage because there's nothing you can do about it. They have been consumed. That's it. So those are the new 
affirmations I want you to say to yourself. You cannot out cardio those calories. You cannot out cardio a bad diet ever. And you are shooting yourself in the foot by doing that. Okay. That is one thing you can absolutely stop. Go have the lift of your life. If you are struggling with overeating and over snacking and over binging and especially with that nighttime syndrome and track it so you can understand the impact. I have some people who uh, pretend like the night eating didn't happen, don't track it, aren't getting results. And I can see, I can see on a physique when it's bloated. I can see on a physique when it's when it's spilled over with carbohydrates, like you can see it. I've looked at enough physiques to be able to see the impact of that food. Um, there's, there's kind of a look to, uh, kind of a look to it, if you will. And the last thing I'll say is just keep at it. Keep at it. it. This is one of the hardest ones to kick. I can't emphasize that enough, but it can get better. And you can shift some of those calories to earlier in the day. The other thing I've had a couple of clients do is say, fine, if, if nighting eating is something that you're struggling with, just choose to eat that protein shake, choose to eat a protein bar. And at the very least, you can say to yourself, you know, at least it wasn't a whole cake. Um, so the the same what to do about it applies, whether it's night eating or snacking. Usually these are about not having a plan, not having a goal, not having a strategy and not making changes as you start to learn. You just kind of wake up every day and you're like, okay, today is the day I'm never gonna do it again. But there's that's possible, right? Uh, God willing, that can happen for you. And you should pray for that. And you should, that that's a great goal to have. Um, but some of these strategies are about doing the work. And maybe you're saying to yourself, this is me and we need 2023 to be about more about why you eat than what you eat, especially if you keep coming in here and you keep having a fat loss goal and you keep wanting to change your body composition and you keep sabotaging it. You have to get to the, to the bottom and you, and you have to try new things. I have one person who I'm thinking of, she's been with me for three years. She's super frustrated with herself. She made progress early on, and then she just keeps sabotaging herself, but she keeps working at it. And she finally had a breakthrough for her where she's planning her entire week of food. And that she thought that would be more stressful. So she's been fighting planning and has realized it actually saved her. Now I've told her this a million times and she'll tell you, I know you've told me, but you can only learn this when you learn it. I mean, I can, you know what I'm saying? Like it comes when it comes. And for her, that, but she's never given up. She doesn't quit the community. She stays involved and she has some grace for herself, but she's kind of sick of it. She's kind of sick of just, <laughs> so it's time for her to do some work to actually be able to make changes to her behavior. And she's doing that. I just want you to know there's no time like expiration date. Like, well, if you didn't do it now, you're never going to do it. Um, yes. I want you, I want everybody to come in here and reach their goal in six months. Like, trust me, you know, I I'd like to have that reputation that that would be amazing. And I would like to be able to see those kind of results, but we have so much to unpack around food. Um, 
And we do need to have grace with ourselves, but I'm going to go back to what I said in the beginning, which is just borrow from the mindset of just change the behavior. The feelings will come later. I remember once I was trying, this was during my bikini prep and I was super hungry and I wanted more. And I decided that it was okay that I wanted more. It made sense that I wanted more. I was in a calorie deficit and I would just get up and get water. And that no matter how uncomfortable I got, I wasn't going to break the plan. And the first night was terrible. I was up all night, like I wanted to, I was kind of walking around. And then after a while, it just got easier and easier. And you can train your gut not to have cravings at the same times. A lot of these are cravings that you're having because you have built up your hunger hormones and they're sort of triggered and trained to, you know, it's like Pavlov's dog. Nine o'clock hits, boom, you see nine o'clock, the mouth starts salivating, you start wanting something. You can untrain that. That's just some, that is a hunger hormone signal from your brain. And the talk I was going to do is around gut health. And part of it is now coming into play with this talk, which is that you, you are somewhat trained for these habits, for that 4 p.m. snack, for that 9 p.m. snack, for that 1 a.m. feeding. And the only way to break those is to suffer through for a period of time. You've got to muscle your way through it until it becomes easier and until you know, the narrative in your brain changes, the affirmations change, and that gut health and those hunger hormones get into check. You know, have another serving of greens, fill yourself with seltzer, anything you can do until you start to feel better. And then you will notice the reward of not doing it. And you will wake up so proud of yourself for just following your plan and starting to build that confidence and trust yourself. And that is so, so important. So hopefully this was helpful. Hopefully you feel a little bit less crazy. Try these new strategies. Know that you are not alone and keep at it. Never, ever, 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 ever give up, ever. That will surely stop you from being able to reach your goals. So thank you guys for listening. If you are listening to this podcast, please, please share the show. Five-star ratings only. My mother said, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. That applies. And um, drop comments, find me on social, follow the social, use all the links. And thanks for being here.